You are listening to That You May Grow, a podcast brought to you by the Mount Vernon Church of Christ in Mount Vernon, Texas. My name is Preston McElyay, and I am one of the ministers for the Mount Vernon Church of Christ in Mount Vernon, Texas, as well as one of the hosts of this particular podcast. Uh, With me in our studio today is uh, my fellow minister and fellow co-host of the podcast, Brother Jared Hammond. It's good to be here with you, Preston, and always good to be studying God's Word and uh, sharing with others what we can glean from the text. So always excited to have these opportunities to come together and sit and discuss God's Word with you. Well, it's exciting as well because this is, I guess, officially our first episode. We did the uh, trailer episode here a little while back just to try and get our feet wet in what we're doing here and uh, just try to get something out there to tell people what it is we're doing. But today we're actually beginning with the show. That's right. Beginning with the beginning. That's Looking right. Looking at Genesis chapter 1. That's right. Genesis chapter 1. And, and uh, really what we're doing today is going to be in Genesis 1 through 3. Uh, as we mentioned in that, that trailer episode, the first thing that, that Jared and I were wanting to do with this show is to look at, at some of the different individuals that we see throughout the Bible, and as Jared noted, we're starting at the beginning. That's right. Starting there at uh, Genesis, as you stated, Genesis 1, chapter 1 through chapter 3, looking at God and what we can learn and know about God even from those first three chapters of the book of Genesis. And being in the format we're in here as a podcast, there's absolutely no way that we could cover everything about God in the Bible. And so we're trying to limit ourselves again to uh, Genesis 1 through 3. So we won't be able to hit on absolutely everything. And even within the three chapters, we're still not going to be able to address everything just because of the uh, the nature of time. But we, we hope that we will be able to at least uh, cover enough here to, to cause us to, to stop and to think uh, a little more deeply about God and come to know and, and understand Him better. That's right. We can look at a few things, you know, that we see even coming into the book of Genesis and recognizing just how many times God's name is actually mentioned, even in chapter 1. Uh, chapter 1 has God's name mentioned 32 times in those 31 verses as we have the chapter breaks, but God is very important and very prominent here in the first chapter of Genesis and plays a huge role in creation and all things that we see and know around us, God was there and breathed these things into existence. Like you say, the the 32 times in 31 verses, that that's something that uh, ought to really stand out to us, that we we think at times in our, our Bible study, some of the techniques that we use is to go through and try to pull out the key words and, and pull out repeated words or repeated names and when you look at Genesis 1, that very first page uh, where the Old Testament begins, what ought to pop out to us over and over and over again is God. That's right. Absolutely. You know, in the very word used there for God, the word used Elohim, uh, this mighty, this supreme being, um, it stands out in our minds and looking at all that he does in these first couple of chapters in creating this world that we see around us, the universe, mankind, and all living creatures. And even within that that name, 
uh, of Elohim that it involves in it the the concept of plurality, but at the same time the idea of unity. Uh, in fact, we we can kind of see the idea played out in Genesis one and verse twenty six, where God said, "Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness." And so we see God that that singular being talking in the plurality because he is uh, again unified yet he is the three different persons that we find throughout the rest of the scripture that's right and you know you think about even kind of jumping forward but John chapter 1 uh, verses 1 through 3 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made if you continued there in the book of John and even got to verse 14 of chapter 1, you would see that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we recognize even Christ having his part, Jesus, in creation, who was there with God the Father. Mm-hmm. And you start piecing together the pieces of the puzzle, even seeing as the Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. And you see all three unique parts of the Godhead working together there in creation. Yeah, for the for the longest time, I used to only think about uh, Genesis one and, and seeing God there as being God the Father, and and whenever I first began to to recognize, you know, this isn't just God the Father, but we have God the Spirit present. More than that, we have God the Son present. Uh, it really really begins to, uh, I think, kind of uh, help open open our eyes and kind of expand uh, expand our minds to try and. Uh, wrap our minds around who God is. And that seems kind of like a little bit of an oxymoron that we expand our minds to wrap it around who God is because really and truly when we come down to it, it's uh, not an easy thing to to understand who God is. No, it's not at all. And, uh, you know, it's we're so fortunate to have the written word uh, before us so that we can uh, better learn who he is. And a lot of that, I think, is... Uh, focused around his very nature, uh, the nature of God and his attributes. And there are many of the, uh, of these things that are actually seen right here in the book of Genesis in the opening chapters. You can learn a lot about who God is uh, in his character even, mm-hmm. in his very nature. Well, even just there in verse 1, uh, before we see God created, we see in the beginning. And and you kind of noted as well when you, you referenced uh, John 1 and verse 1 a moment ago, uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Well, in the beginning, God, Genesis 1 and verse 1. And, and so I believe we can find from that the idea and the, and the reality uh, that God is eternal. That's right. And, you know, even like you were talking about a while ago, how, how challenging it is to wrap our minds around God. Well, you look at God in this sense, and he is creator of all things, but at the same time, he was there before all things. If he created thing, all things, he had to exist before all things. He was not something that was created. But as you stated, God is eternal. And that's a, that's a challenge because we, we operate in the, the realm of time, mm-hmm. that, that everything we do is based on time. Uh, right now, as we're recording, we're both looking at iPads that have the time uh, on the top left-hand side. Uh, Jared's got his phone set up with a stopwatch so that we're aware of, of the time that we have. Uh, even on the computer where all this audio is being recorded, uh, on the, the track there as it goes, it shows the time. Everything we do is based on time, yet God himself 
is not bound by time because he is outside of time as that eternal being, yet he still created time. That's right, and that is uh, one of the most challenging things, even for myself, to really um, wrap my mind around is everything that God created even is operating, in a sense, on time. Um, The universe itself and the way that everything moves and works together, yet God is setting outside of time. You know, and it's hard to wrap your mind around that, but it takes an eternal being to be able to do these things. And even beyond that, it takes an omnipotent being. It takes one who is all-powerful. You look at verses like verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1, verse 6, verse 9, where God says, let there be, right? And basically, God is speaking these things into existence. And that's a an impressive thing, that we... We look at this world and and see everything within it and think about all that's happened in the past of the world and to know that it came about because God said. Uh, You know, it would have been one thing for God just to create the world. That's an impressive and a powerful thing in and of itself, but the way that he did it is even more impressive. He spoke, and then it was. I think about Hebrews 11 and verse 3 Uh, A verse there that says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You know, science, uh, in the the way that it's so often taught today, is something that, that they try to get down to and pinpoint and see, where did everything come from? How did all of this begin? And, And there are those who have tried to, um... They've tried to, to take the, the science of today and the way it's taught and tried to, to match it up with the Bible. And, and, you know, Jared, there are those who would say, well, well, the first part of Genesis is just more of a figure. It's not exactly literal. And so when it says, well, God made the earth in these uh, six days, well, that's spread out over a long period of time. And he used the process of evolution as science today would teach it to bring all these things to be. Uh, but but whenever we we start uh, buying into that, you know what are we what are we saying about the power of God? Well, we're basically limiting the power of God. We're saying, okay, well, just because we can't fully understand it ourselves or comprehend how you know such a power could exist, then we immediately begin to say, okay, well, it couldn't have been this or it couldn't have been that. And we start trying to give our own interpretation of things rather than just reading the text looking at what it says and understanding that, yes, our God is an all-powerful God. He is an almighty God, and he breathed these things into existence in six literal days. Right, and we and we can know that it was in those six literal 24-hour days, uh, even when we bring in the Ten Commandments. And if we look in Exodus chapter 20 in verses 9 through 11, whenever it comes to that specific command uh, about keeping the Sabbath day, well, the reason being is because six days God created the earth and the seventh day God rested. Well, if he did not actually do that in the, the, the six literal 24-hour days, then the children of Israel had a, a very, 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 very long period of time in which they would need to work. And it would have been really nice to have been born into that really long period of time where you didn't have to work. That's right. And so we can see that God is truly an all-powerful God as he spoke and it was. And he created this world in six literal days. 
But we can also find when we look in, in the creation account, and we look there at the beginning of Genesis, uh, that not only is God eternal, not only is he all-powerful, but we see that God is is all-wise, that he is uh, truly all-knowing, that he is uh, very methodical in what he has done. That's right, Preston. You know, even trying to consider um, how to create something so vast, even as vast as our universe, and everything work in perfect harmony, everything working together, even, you know, it's described oftentimes like a clock and how all the pieces are fit uniquely together and operate together to make all function as one. And God was able to create this by, as we stated, speaking these things into existence. But his wisdom is seen throughout all creation and the functionality and how everything operates together and uniquely so. Yeah, and even just looking through in those six days, it's uh, you know, we see how each day is really dependent upon the previous. That's right. Uh, that as God created something and established each day, uh, that each thing was necessary to even help sustain what was what was to come afterward. Uh, that God, in His wisdom, knew exactly how to bring it all about. That's right. You know, even in Genesis chapter one and verse two, when it says the earth was without form and void. It also gives this idea of it was chaos or confusion. It was formless, yet with the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, he was able to put these things together in such a manner in which it would be in perfect harmony with all the rest of his creation. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, to be able to, to bring about such a, a beautiful creation on that, uh, which really ties back in, I guess, even with his power, um, to know that, that he had the plan in mind and is able to execute it perfectly. Right. Uh, there are times that uh, I can have a plan in mind of something that I want to build, something that I want to, to create or make with my hands, and the way I see it in my mind is not usually how it turns out once I actually start working on it. Uh, that that it, it shows something about God that he can have it in mind and bring it all into perfect execution. Right. You know, even there in uh, Romans, I believe it's midways through the book of uh, Romans chapter 1, where it talks about the invisible attributes of God, right? There is enough even to be seen in creation to know that there is an all-powerful, an omniscient God out there who has created these things. We're without excuse Mm -hmm. to know for certain that there is an almighty God, a creator. And so we see, of course, his... His eternality, we see his power, uh, we see that he is all-knowing, that he is truly a a wise God. Uh, but Jared, what else can we see about God? Well, we also see that God is a loving God. Um, you look at even the creation of man. You know, we recognize all these different parts that are seen throughout these days of creation, but there's this moment, this as it's recognized as the crowning jewel of God's creation, in creating mankind, uh, even creating man, it says, in his own image or in our own image, as the text states, you know, in providing man with this responsibility uh, to labor and even to have this unique relationship with God the Creator. And it's a, a special thing that God, as this all-powerful, as this all-knowing, as this uh, eternal being, loves us enough to have created us in his image, that he 
he had us at, with a special purpose in mind uh, from the very beginning in creation that he was able to set us apart uh, from the rest of his creation, that he gave us that love and making us in his image. Um, but even we see how how God is a God of love, that he's a God of mercy and compassion and the fact that he is not uh, a controlling God. That's right. You know, man has the choice to uh, choose how to live his life. And, you know, the vision of creation that is portrayed here by the writer, it is one that really should make us stand in awe and recognize our sovereign God as the God and creator of the universe. We should recognize his creative genius. We should see his wisdom and his power. And it should bring us to want to be closer to our God, that relationship that he wants us to have with him. But at the same time, he did create us with the ability to choose for ourselves. And there are many who will choose, you know, that they're going to live their life for themselves, that they're not going to believe that God is there, though everything that we need to know that he is there, he has given us. And and Lord willing, we'll be able to look a little more at some of that whenever we get to to discussing Adam and Eve. Uh, But even whenever it comes to the uh, the unfortunate choice that Adam and Eve made uh, not to follow the, the rule that God had set in place in the garden. Uh, we still see God's love even after their mistake. That's right. You know, he, he's given us this ability, even, you know, being created in his image. It's almost this idea of being able to share in his spiritual and intellectual and moral attributes. And in, in that, it's, you know, we have those choices to make, and we do see, you know, there in Genesis chapter 3, this poor decision made by Adam and Eve, you know, and it then kind of begins this separation of that relationship mm-hmm. that God wants to have with his creation. Um, there's that, you know, that initial separation there. Right, and, and even after after that has taken place, and, and as we'll note here in a moment concerning God's justice, uh, we see that that after all of it has taken place in Genesis 3 and verse 21, uh, that the Bible says, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. You know, they, they transgressed God's commandment uh, there in the garden not to eat of the fruit of the tree uh, of knowledge of good and evil. And God easily could have been like many of us. And when somebody has done us wrong and goes against what we've asked or what we've said, uh, it, it's easy for us to just kick them to the curb and say, you're on your own. Uh, but God didn't really do that. He He provided for them uh, before, uh, well, he provided for them while at the same time doing what needed to be done in order to bring about justice. That's right. You know, you see his mercy, um, and even as you stated, his justness. Um, you know, the very first prophecy that's seen there in verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3 Speaking of the seed of woman and these, um, I guess, somewhat of um, basically you're seeing how God is responding to man's wrongdoing. And there is a consequence Mm -hmm. is the word I was looking for. There's consequence to come. But at the same time, you still see his mercy. Yes, there is punishment that's going to take place for the wrongdoing. But God's mercifulness and his love is on full display, even at this moment. Um, there is, you know, this plan in God's mind, mm-hmm. right? And it goes back to the wisdom of God. It's not that man ever threw God a curveball. Um, it's not that God didn't know that these things were going to take mm-hmm. place, but rather he already had in his own mind a plan formulated that was going to be executed through the son, 
for mankind. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, seeing in that, in, in his mercy and in his love, the fact from Genesis 3 and verse 15 that he's he's a God of redemption. That's right. Uh, that, that something was going to change because of the sin that had entered the world, yet he already had a plan in place to help try to restore that relationship uh, to what it originally was. That's right. You know, um, my mind jumps to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6 there, where Paul speaks about this idea of us being adopted back as sons. You know, that goes back to the relationship that God wants to have with his creation. He wants all men, you know, to have that relationship with him. But it takes, you know, turning and going back to Mm -hmm. him. But that love is there. That mercy has been extended to all. And we have that freely given to us. And, it, you know, it just fully shows the, the nature of God and what he wants out of his creation. Absolutely. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's hard for me not to circle back to uh, where we were a moment ago, just thinking about in God's love uh, that he's not controlling, that sometimes it's a challenge for us to think, well, you know, if God knew all of this was going to take place, then why did he let it take place? And that's, a, that's one of those hard questions, but it's coming to the realization and understanding that God loves me enough that he, he wants me to have the same desire that he does without pushing or forcing that desire upon me. Right. He wants it to be a choice that each man chooses for himself, mm-hmm. um, for us to show our love back toward him, even as he has extended it to us. Absolutely. And it's... Uh, you know, the the time has kind of flown by here, and there's still so much more that we could discuss. Uh, but hopefully this has at least helped each of you who, who may be listening and studying along with us here to uh, stop and think a little more deeply about God. Perhaps it's it's brought up some points that maybe you haven't, uh, haven't considered or thought about before from Genesis chapters 1 through 3 as it relates to God. That's right. You know, and um, one last thing, I guess, even as we're closing, you know, God has never put his creation out there without providing everything that he needs. Um, Throughout the garden, you see that man has everything that he needs as it pertains to life, to sustain life, to reproduce all of these things. God has always provided. Uh, God's wisdom has always been seen and everything that he has done for us to keep things moving in an, in order as it should. And God's love has always been on full display. All of the characteristics and attributes of God that we can find there in Genesis chapter 1, they don't stop there. You'll continue to see it, though we only have time to really cover mm-hmm. this small portion because that's the time that allows this morning. But throughout the book of the Bible, throughout the entirety of the Bible, you find God's love, his eternality, his providing nature, his mercy, all of these things on full display throughout the whole of the scripture. Absolutely. And it's a a wonderful blessing, Jared. I know you mentioned uh, earlier on in the program about the blessing it is that we have the the written words so that we can see these things. And uh, to, to think that God has provided all of this to us so that we might come to know him better. Uh, that's that's such a wonderful, uh, wonderful blessing and a wonderful privilege that hopefully uh, we, we will not take for granted. That's right. You know, to be created in his image, you know, I guess it's something we can ask ourselves each day. You know, are we living up to the image of which we were created? 
God had a desired plan and purpose for his creation. Are we living up to our fullest potential? And the only way to know if we're doing that is to, to you know, study through the word, uh, come to know it better so that we can come to know God better. And uh, that's that's part of what we're uh, looking to do through this particular uh, podcast here is Jared and I have the opportunity to uh, look through these things, to discuss them together and to, to study them uh, with each of you as you're able to uh, listen to us. And so you are listening to That You May Grow, which is a podcast brought to you by the Mount Vernon Church of Christ in Mount Vernon, Texas. And uh, unfortunately, that's all the, the time we have for today's program. But Lord willing, uh, the next time we come together, we will uh, be looking at the exact opposite of who we have looked at today. That's right. We'll be looking at Satan as his uh, as he is seen there also early on in the book of Genesis in describing some of the very characteristics and nature uh, that make up who Satan is. And, uh, and, and we can come to uh, better see who the adversary we're up against is so that we know uh, some of his tactics, so that we know some of the, uh, the ways that he's always gone about things so that we might be able to better prepare ourselves to stand up against him uh, so that we can continue to be more like our God. And so we thank you for listening to us today. Uh, My name is Preston. My name is Jarrett. And we will catch you at the next opportunity. Mm